to Campfire Fireside Chats. This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Welcome, campers, to this week's Fireside Chat. I'm just going to skate through a few announcements, and then we'll get right to this week's guest. If you love what we're doing here, if the show is something that you value and you'd like to express that sentiment, there are a few great options. First, we have a Patreon. We have four different tiers for you to choose from. You can get bonus episodes, access to the Campfire Classics collection, swag bags full of merch, and discounted merch from our merch store. So visit patreon.com slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling and sign up. Or you could visit our merch store and pick yourself up a t-shirt, hoodie, or a coffee mug. There are some great designs over there, and you can check them out by following the link in our show notes or by going to our website, campfirepodcastnetwork.com. Lastly, if financial support isn't your jam, you can rate and review the show in your favorite podcast app. This goes so far for helping us grow and reach as big an audience as possible. Speaking of new listeners, you can now check out our show live every Wednesday and Saturday night after 8 p.m. Eastern on KPNL Radio. Visit kpnl-db.com to hear the fantastic run of shows that they have airing every night. Now, finally on to this week's guest. Addie Lloyd is the administrative manager and crypto den mom over at the incredible podcast Monsters Among Us. She's an educator, a mother, a tarot reader, and an honest-to-goodness empath. Getting to know her has been an absolute joy, and this conversation was no different. We get into friendly spirits, poltergeist activity, guardian angels, ghost cats, and what it's like to live in states where cryptids are just a little harder to come by. I know you'll all enjoy this as much as I did. With that, let's get into it. Can you hear it? Is it brushing on my... Oh, a little bit. Okay. It's me, okay, though. Let, well, let me just do this. Okay. Because that's always... Uh, he's always like, <laughs> what is that? No, he's, he's very, very particular. I don't know if you picked up on that, but... I mean, the show sounds beautiful. I, I understand, like... Yeah, he's... You can't get that kind of product without being particular... I do love Derek tremendously like a brother and it's my favorite thing in the world to poke the bear because <laughs> he is so particular and I am kind of a bull in a china shop. So Sure. Yeah, that's a good dynamic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you sort of alluded before that you had had some brushes with the paranormal Yes. Can you tell us about that? Sure. So, um, I kind of had two houses as a child. My parents and I lived out in the country about 17 miles from the town I currently live in. And when the weather was bad, the roads were closed, we would stay at, or I would stay for school purposes at my grandmother's house, which was a house that was built, um in the late 1800s and was a doctor's office and it um very it's a very unassuming house it looks very small from the outside but it was very large and it had multiple add-ons which were kind of hodgepodge but um the house itself uh, is is kind of it's where all my childhood memories all my best childhood memories from christmas and thanksgiving and all of those things and so that house was haunted And I, in fact, one time I did share this story on Monsters Among Us, but I shared it anonymously because I didn't want to incriminate any of my friends. We were (laughs) granted the, uh, I don't remember what, I can't think of the, of the word for it, but we're all adults now and this was in the nineties. So it's not like we could be in trouble now, but I just, you know, they, I don't want to incriminate anyone. My grandparents traveled the world and they traveled in the winter 
So in my high school and college years, I stayed at the house and took care of it. And of course, my brother came over after school and, you know, my parents were there, but I would spend the night there. And so, of course, it is a very large, very nice home that had a fully stocked liquor cabinet. So (laughs) you can, you know, you can draw the lines here. So uh, long story short, my girlfriends and I were at my grandma's house and we had had too much to drink. We were, um, we always had this pact where one person always drove and then we would always stay at one person's house so that whoever was driving could have a good time too. And so I was driving that night. We got to my, back to my house and we were kind of unwinding and recapping the evening and having a nightcap. Mm -hmm. And out of nowhere, there's this tremendous sound from the back of the house that sounded like pots and pans, doors slamming, like very loud, very, very concerning. And it's about 11 o'clock midnight. Uh, we're all minors, so we should have been home by midnight because of the curfew. Right. And long story short, we call the non-emergency number, which we did because we were scared. That's how loud it was. Yeah. And so the policeman walked through the house with us and he found the back door screen on a bathroom window had been sliced. It was cut. Uh. And that particular window, um, the toilet was a back up against it. Yeah. So it'd be easy for someone to climb in and climb back out. And it was a fresh cut. And I truly believe that whatever resided in my grandmother's house um, was protected us and and thwarted a break-in truly um wow because there was nothing in the back of the house that fell down i need to preface all of this with my grandmother was an artist and she had an art studio in the back of the home and she was a potter and so she threw pottery and had a tremendous collection of pottery from around mm-hmm. the world and also her own. So that noise could have been, you would have thought that a whole shelf came down. There was nothing. Everything was in place. Wow. So the noise, was it like, was it like a, like a, a loud sustained noise or was it just like one big bang? It was like maybe 30 seconds, but it felt like five minutes of, it was banging and clanging and like like someone was back there like with pots and pans. Wow. And so it was very um it was very nerve-wracking. And we ended up still staying at my grandmother's after the officer walked through the house and thank goodness he didn't like cite any of us for yeah. an MIP or anything of that nature. I'm very grateful <laughs> to this yeah. day. And we were completely safe. I mean, we all of us woke up the next morning unscathed. So that's kind of a nice story. Yeah, it's it's the idea that like that the spirit in the house would have protected you from some, you know, nefarious burglar. Yeah. And it was in what we call in our town, the big tree area. So it's all very large houses that people would assume are wealthy. Right. And so it was definitely a house that could have been targeted, especially if someone was watching it and would see that it was only the shitty Chevrolet celebrity leaving and not the two Volvos that were parked in the driveway. I mean, it was pretty obvious that Yeah. It was like a one a one girl show. Right. So No, that's that's wild. Yeah, that's my most prominent um, memory of, and just like energy doesn't lie. And I'm a super duper believer in energy. And if somebody has crappy energy, I'm I am so far gone before they even know I was there. And that house never had bad energy. It always felt welcoming. I always felt protected. In fact, when my family sold the house, we did we weren't 
able to keep it in our family. And it, it broke my heart because my dad grew up there and I essentially grew up there. Um, but it just, it wasn't feasible. I left a piece of my grandmother's pottery with a letter asking them to keep the pottery with the house because of just the history of it. I don't know yeah. because it's been sold multiple times since and they've completely remodeled it. So it's nowhere near my childhood memories. Yeah. Um, I, I hope they left it there. I hope they left the pottery there for the next owners because it was just such a, a piece of what that house was. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Um, so as far as that, that I often, I call myself a paranormal candle snuffer because I just tend to uh, make even things out. I walk in to a very haunted location or and things just don't happen or they completely quit. Yeah. And it's it's an okay power to have because I've been in some really creepy situations. However, I've most recently went to the Irma, which is in Cody, Wyoming. Um, Buffalo Bill Cody built the hotel for his daughter. And I think Queen Anne, I could be wrong, so please don't quote me on this, but (laughs) one of, I think it was Queen Anne of England sent a bar front for Buffalo Bill to be there. It was her gift to him. Okay. And that's still there. The hotel itself is very, very active. And I actually experienced some things and some fairly interesting um, anomalies that I I couldn't believe that I saw or that I experienced, but there were other people that had also experienced it, so I know I wasn't making it up. But that was definitely um, a situation that I'll never forget. I One of the people we were on the ghost hunt with came down from Montana and... Um, we were in a room and it was a room that a lady had died pretty traumatically in. I I don't know if you know much about Wyoming and Wyoming's history, but Wyoming didn't become a state until 1890. Right. And before then, and even during that time, women were not allowed in saloons unless they worked there. And if you worked there, you weren't real reputable. Right. And so a new bride... Um, was waiting for her husband who was in the saloon and of course it's Wyoming and this still happens to this day Uh, there was a a gunfight in the saloon and a bullet went up through the roof of the saloon and went through her bed where she was laying on waiting for her husband oh and she was instantly killed okay and it's it's documented it's not a a legend or folklore, but um, we were in that room and I had multiple things happen to me at that time. I was with a um, fairly well-known ghost hunter who had a program out of Canada and he's from New Hampshire originally and now he lives in Georgia, but um, I would 100% investigate again with him. I trust him. I believe that his intentions are what they should be. It's not yeah. Zach Baggins and his dumb <laughs> white sunglasses and yelling yeah. at people. So at one point I looked down at the gal from Montana and I saw a gray cat like rubbing around her ankles. And I did a double take and it was gone. And I looked at her and she, and she goes, what, what's wrong? And I said, I just saw a cat. I just saw a cat. Like, rubbing on your ankles and she just pointed at her boyfriend and she said that's his cat she follows us everywhere we go and he just kind of sheepishly shrugged his shoulders so that happened in that room and then uh the investigator myself and my friend that i traveled with were sitting on the bed we were we had um an evb evp recorder and then we also had a i can't remember i think it's a millimeter where it cycles through the radio stations and it picks up 
and it says words like that's like a spirit box a spirit box yeah people are really polarized on that um piece of equipment because it's kind of like paradelia where it's like mm, yeah. did they really say that or is it just because well anyways long story short we were talking to that we were just the three of us were alone in this room we were all sitting on this very large four poster type bed but nowhere near where we could touch each other and something came and pushed my thigh very firmly like get out of the way and so the investigator said did you just touch Addie's leg? And instantly the ghost box said, yep. Wow. <laughs> and so that was kind of crazy. Yeah, that was, I'd never been touched before anything. And so that happened. That was very interesting. And then um, the night, our night in the hotel was a little weird. Um, I had to eventually just put in my earbuds and turn on like, like a, white noise type app I have because there was a bat it sounded like a basketball bouncing all night long on the other side of my headboard and it was so weird and I asked the front desk the next day I'm like what is this is our room number what is next to us she's like an empty room nothing there was nobody in there that's bizarre and my it was so crazy and my girlfriend that was with me she was in the bed next to me didn't hear a single thing slept like the dead and I was like and I had to drive home the next day and I don't know how much you understand about Wyoming's geography but it's literally four hours from anywhere yeah (laughs) so it's like a four hour drive to Denver it's a four hour drive to Billings it's a four hour drive to the Cody see that's (laughs) I'm being from Indiana I'm kind of familiar with that. Oh, okay. Because like we're the spot in the Midwest most like that, where you okay. you literally have to be in the car for three hours to get to anywhere. Yeah. One of the things about hauntings that interests me the most is how personal they are, like how um, almost like pointed they they can be toward like toward one person. I think that often gets. Um, it gets confused with with it being in the the experiencer's head. You know, does that make sense? It, it does. Yeah, absolutely it does. I think that's why it's important if you do investigate to never go alone so you can have validation and for safety purposes, not just because of some evil entity, but because well, number 1, humans are shitty. Number 2, Yeah. Like most places you're going to investigate probably aren't most the most stable type mm-hmm. and so you should have you should always be in pairs if not more yeah, definitely no I, I i know what you mean um it's kind of like sometimes i feel like a haunting or energy is similar to a cat if you are a cat person and you like cats they will most likely ignore you however if you do not like cats, guess who's up in your shit all right. day long. And they spend the whole day in your lap. Yes. There is something to be said about cats and their interaction with things that you and I can't see. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I like, sorry, go ahead. No, I just going to say my house is completely a paranormal free zone. So, um, yeah, I, I often think, that that mine is but i think that i confuse that i don't know i don't think i'm a good gauge for it because i'm my interest in all this stuff is unfortunately it's still purely academic because i've never had an experience of any kind and the closest thing i've had to it is seeing seeing cats interact with things that are not there you know what i mean i do like and I just feel like they can, I don't know, maybe they're just like on another, on another level, right? They just can pick up things that we can't. Yeah. You know, there's always the old adage that if your dog doesn't like somebody or if your pet is 
is adverse to somebody that it's usually because they have bad energy. And I think that's kind of the same. Right. I will say our house is a paranormal free zone. However, when I got back from that trip from Cody, we only had, we were down to just one cat at the time. And she literally was playing with something or (laughs) someone that no one could see zipping through um, the house like she was being chased and her you know when their tails mm-hmm. just go yeah. and it was and then it, it it quit just as soon as it happened and it wasn't like oh my mom's home I'm so happy because she could give two shits if I'm around yeah it wasn't like that type of a, a welcome home it was kind of strange to see her because it was like she was playing when we had a, a cat previous while we had her yeah. And they would play together. It was like that. So I don't know. That was. Then she just suddenly stopped like her friend disappeared. Yeah. 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 Just like, oh, I'm going to go back to sleeping. Interesting. 14 hours a day. And then the yeah. last 10 are going to be in the middle of the night when you're trying to sleep. For sure. Yeah. So um, we had a, a wonderful golden retriever that um was my mom and dad's and they got her when i was like 19 so i was out of the house but she was just kind of everybody's family pet right and she chose to she was at the end of her life and she just made it until we could get her up to our family cabin um we close it around october november depending on the snow and then we reopen it around memorial day and she made it to Memorial Day that year, and she died up there. She is buried up there. And my mom, in- interestingly enough, who is a 100% head in the sand, this is not real, skeptic, has had experiences with Oakley since her passing. Yeah. And then my mom was like, well, do you believe in ghosts? And I was just like, <laughs> "Uh, have we met? Do you know what I do? Yeah, exactly. And she was like, because I've had these really weird, I don't, I don't want you to tell your dad because he'll think I'm crazy. And I don't want you to tell anyone else because they'll think I'm crazy. But these things have happened and I don't know what to do. And I said, well, you can ask Oakley to leave you alone. Yeah. No, no, I don't want her to leave. I want her to feel safe. And then you said, then tell her to go lay down because it was things like she used to do. Oakley was a very loved and sorely under-exercised golden retriever. So she was very fat. Yeah. And lived probably the best life that any dogs ever lived. And so she'd always try to get up on the bed. And which was fine until my dad came to bed and then he'd kick her off the bed. Yeah. And so my mom was like, it was just like when Oakley would try to get up on the bed and it was like, it took like three tries and then she got up and she turned circles, like three circles and then, you know, plops down in the middle. And she said, it just scared me so bad and I didn't know what to do. And I, and I, and I, I thought, oh my God, is there a rat in the cabin? Like, cause it was in the middle of the night and yeah, the lights were off. There's no electricity. So you can't, you know, you just have to find your flashlight. And yeah. There was nothing. There was no rats. There was no, you know, there was mm-hmm. not another dog around. And I said, well, you can just tell her to go lay down or you can ask her to leave. And she said, I don't want her to leave. I said, then you need to be firm like you were in real life and say, Oakley, go lay down. Yeah. And um, we haven't had, I had a little brush with energy. I just kind of felt some playful energy around me that I'm assuming was her. Um, But nothing really since. Um, It was kind of like her just telling us, I'm here. Thank you for getting me to the cabin. And thank you for burying me up here. Because that was the only place she could be a real dog. Yeah. And so, you know, she could run without having to be on a leash and Mm-hmm. Go find the biggest pile of moose poop, and <laughs> so that's you know. so sweet. Though you have the nicest ghost stories. Oh, thank <laughs> you. <laughs> I, I yeah, that is that is true. I never thought of it that way. Um, 
Do you have a generally positive outlook on on the paranormal? I think I'm more realistic. Um, I do wear a gigantic piece of black tourmaline um, that helps me for multiple reasons because I am truly an empath and I absorb everybody's shitty energy around me. Yeah. And so point in case today, I didn't do my normal Sunday stuff. I had to run my daughter to a birthday party and before that we had to go get a birthday present because she's a nordic skier and she had a nordic ski race out of town on saturday mm-hmm. and so like i was amongst people all day today and it wasn't like because they were bad people i mean i was like at the grocery and then i was right. you know here there everywhere and it just trains me and i used to not understand and I would probably self-medicate with like whatever yeah and but now I understand and so I keep I keep rocks on my bed um on my um whatever it's called headboard and then I wear black tourmaline and as soon I truly believe whatever piece of jewelry I am wearing when it breaks it's served its purpose and i have like a little kind of like a shrine that i keep the pendant in i don't wear it again um i could cleanse it if i wanted to but i i don't wear it again and then i replace it and this is the longest piece of black tourmaline i think this one's a year and a half old um i don't take it off it just it's stays done a on. lot of work. It has, and I wear it underneath my clothes. I don't like, you know, I'm not yeah. broadcasting. Display it. it. No. Yeah. Well, I don't know necessarily that it's positive. Like, yeah, I would like to think that Bigfoot is a nice, cuddly guy, but I know he's not. Yeah. I think it's more realistic, but um, <clears throat> but generally speaking, I have a pretty dark soul and a pretty dark outlook on humor and um you know the meme of like death riding a unicorn floaty in the middle of the lake yes that's that's me it's like yeah. oh god yeah i try really hard to be a ray of sunshine but it's really hard to do <laughs> that yeah i just wonder because you've had so many positive like experiences i just wonder if that has to do with your outlook on on the paranormal in general. It could be, or it could be that I really think I have a very powerful arsenal of, um, guardian angels that I just, just, uh, am not usually aware of. Okay. But there's been situations where people have said, Oh my God, I totally saw you at the mall. And it was like maybe a coworker that I didn't necessarily want to, interact with and i'm like you did oh yeah i totally you were at target no i was there but i did not see you and it's not because i have blinders on i'm very aware i'm always assessing situations um where i am and where my children are in relation to me and um so it's not like i have blinders on because you know sometimes people are when they're driving or they're grocery shopping there's just been weird times when I'm like, I did not see you at all. And I really didn't see him. Right. Just because you didn't want to see them. Yeah. Like, so you just basically they, I mean, they weren't, they may as well have not been there. Yeah. Right. And that's ha- yeah. And that's happened more than not. And it's weird because, um, I don't know, like, exactly who's around me. Like, I would like to think my grandma is, but um, I don't know that. But I think they're, I think I'm very, very lucky. I'm not a religious person. I'm a recovering Catholic. Yeah. And so I am spiritual. Don't, like, I don't want to, you know, muddy the two waters. But it's just, I do feel pretty lucky to be fairly protected and um i do believe in energy and i do believe in energy work and i believe that energy doesn't lie and um sometimes 
I think if energy's really bad, I just won't see it. Like if in those situations, you know, like yeah. if I'm at the grocery store. Or, yeah. Um, like when it's beneficial for you to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's kind of like an interesting nod toward the idea of like perception being reality, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of like cliche, but it's, I think that means more than people people understand it does right absolutely i um when i went to uh derek and sarah went to the first their first cryptid con and it was i think my first year with the podcast and then the next year i traveled with them and then the third year it was canceled due to the c word and then this year we were slated to go and we were not able to go because of the C word. And yeah. Um, but when we were together, the people watching and the people that Monsters Among Us attracts <laughs> is so fascinating to me. And um, that is one of those things where if I could just sit and people watch and observe and absorb the energy and figure it out i think my bullshit meter is pretty accurate and so it's it's was so fun to watch all like there was little kids all the way to people that were my parents age like in their 60s that were there because i think the like the quote unquote cryptid or paranormal community or all of it the 14 community it knows no age and i think that's the beauty of it yeah i i had a conversation recently with matt from the moth boys podcast and basically all about that just how like it was kind of represented like in the 90s the early 2000s even later than that honestly by like when people thought of that community they thought of the 60 year old white guy in the woods you know what I mean? Like looking for Bigfoot, but like it's the community is, I mean, it's as diverse as any cross section of life. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really cool thing is that especially like the younger sort of the younger generation of people who are into it have really pushed that a lot, which I appreciate. No, I do too. I love your show, by the way. Like, I, Monsters Among Us is. I feel like you guys are like carrying the torch of coast to coast into the podcast world. Like, that's exactly how I explain it when people ask me or ask things of it. I'm like, well, do you know Art Bell and Coast to Coast? Yes, I do. Okay, think that, but with Robert Stack's voice. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but my Absolutely. favorite thing to do is to tell people that Derek's real voice is like Gilbert Godfrey. Because <laughs> um, people will like complain about the most petty things, as you know, uh-huh. being in the podcast industry. Uh, like uh, his voice on TV is different than his voice on the podcast. Well, one is conversational, one is not. Right. And so it just. It, they work so hard. They work so tire, tireless, tirelessly, and sometimes thank, thank, thanklessly. Um, you know, Monsters Among Us started in Derek's garage when he lived yeah. in L.A. And it has grown. Um, it still has room to grow. And I'm super excited for Shadows in the Desert with David Flora. Um, yeah. David is he is larger than life and he's so funny and I I I wish I could have been there I not that they asked me because they didn't but I wish I could have been there like a fly on the wall while they were filming because I just think they probably saw some really crazy stuff yeah and I also think that they um were able to interview very interesting people and i think that is truly the best thing about this community like we had just talked about the age group but also all the folklore that is woven in like i just listened to your guys's the latest one with um 
the Jersey Devil, and I loved yeah. all the different takes, all the different stories of or legends of the Jersey Devil. And I'd only ever really heard the one about Mother Leeds saying, "May this one be a devil." Yeah, it's no, I loved that one too because it's so tied to American history. Mm-hmm. It's like it's as American as a if you want to call it a cryptid. It's as a as American as that as a cryptid could be. It's Absolutely. like since America's inception it's been talked about, which is pretty fascinating. And the other thing that I find incredibly fascinating is all these different cultures from around the world have their own folklore of werewolves and yeah. dogmen and vampires and and Sasquatch. Wings. Yeah, yeah, a hairy human hominid of some sort. And that to me is, um, and like ghosts and legends and that to me, well, either we just love stories. Humans love stories. We live for stories. Our lives are told in stories. Or there really is something to that. Yeah. There's something there. Um one of the things that I am fascinated with is uh, the uh, Mexican Indian cultures and not not necessarily like the Mexico we know today, but the right. um, the Peruvian and the Aztec and the Mayan and all of those different and how they have similar but a little different woven, uh, tell and um, talking just about like I love El Chupacabra but like what is El Chupacabra is it the one with the spikes on the back or is it the you know the dog thing that that woman has um, taxidermed in her home that's probably just a coyote with mange see it's funny you ask that because a friend of mine Aaron who's the host of a podcast called Hey Strangeness he led this campaign late last year to rename the Texas Chupacabra because they are, because, you know, we all agreed that they were not the same thing. Right. Right. So through, um, through paranormality magazine, Mm -hmm. we did this like campaign of, um, of basically polls and eventually in January landed on the Texas terror dog. So that's, that's what we're all calling it now. <laughs> okay, I love that. I know um, I know Cody Turk over at Paranormality. Oh, yeah. And um, hey, Cody, if you're listening, uh, hi. Uh, I give Cody a really hard time, but um, he does some amazing work. And Yeah, Cody's the best. Yeah. I definitely... It's And I like that, like, different states have different legends that now Wyoming has very few so people talk about the jackalope and so there's two different things with the jackalope the first one is there really is a abnormal it's like a buildup of calcium in the rabbit system and so they end up growing horns but they're not really horns but then the other thing is there was some brothers in God, I want to say it was in the 30s that taxidermed a pair of pronghorn or antelope. If you're from around here, you call it an antelope. Yeah. Horns onto a jackrabbit. And then they sold it as, oh, look what we caught. And it is in Douglas, Wyoming. And they have like, they have this gigantic jackalope sculpture. And then they also, um, on their website, on like the Chambers website of Douglas, Wyoming, you can print off a jackalope hunting license. It's really tongue in cheek. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. But um, so that's interesting. And I love the jackalope and I love I love the lore behind it. Um, you know, that they're kind of vicious. But then there's also like the I'm gonna say the name wrong, but like the wolf dinger that um is the German version the German version of the jackalope that's yeah. much older than yeah. the Wyoming legend. And then 
We also supposedly have a lake monster, which is really funny because Wyoming is arid desert. Yeah. And we are completely landlocked. But there is a lake called Lake Desmet that is named after the explorer Desmet mm-hmm. or the missionary, whatever he was. And yeah, people have um, claimed to see, which very similar to like a plesiosaur. And yeah. they've, they've named him Smetty. Which is okay. kind of cute. That's but. cute. Yeah. 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 I again apparently Indiana is the Wyoming of the Midwest because we are really low on legends in yeah. Indiana. We have like the Beast of Busco, which is a giant oh, turtle. Yes, I know. My yeah. friend William Barnes, who is an amazing artist, he uh designed some Beast of Busco stuff for the Kryptonauts and then I think he has a T public page and he might have a beast of Busco. Uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. And then other than that, we just have, there's, a, there is one really interesting story from Southern Indiana about what people have come to call mud mermaids. Ooh. And they're like river dwelling They They were spotted in the Ohio river several times in like the thirties the 50s and again in the 60s um but sort of like a group of them and they weren't like you know disney mermaids right they were like quite ugly sort of humanoid fish creatures but yeah there's that's pretty much all indiana has okay i'm i'm gonna admit something that's gonna make me sound well it's just it doesn't matter it's neither here nor there (laughs) But I could not tell you where Indiana is on a state. Like, I know it's over yeah. there. It's over there. It's like on that side. Are you, so you are in the Eastern time time zone, correct? Yeah. Okay. We are, we're right between Illinois and Ohio. Okay. That helps me tremendously. Yeah. Like the, the little tip of Lake Michigan, the mm-hmm. little tip of Lake Michigan tips into Indiana. Okay. That is, that helps me tremendously. I um, used to teach social studies, but uh, <laughs> I did not teach. Addie. <laughs> I know. I didn't teach the states. Uh, my my uh, content was the Western Hemisphere, which focused on Canada. And we did talk about the United States, but we didn't teach the states. That's fifth grade. Right. I taught middle school. Yeah. And uh, we would primarily focus on the cultures um south of the border gotcha so <laughs> i know it that's, is really that's embarrassing. fair enough yeah i don't know i'm a i'm like a i'm like a map guy like even when i was a kid i would just like i was that weird kid sitting in like the the back window of the buick with the road map open just looking at it <laughs> so. i think that's a beautiful and fantastic thing because I refuse to learn how to read a map. Yeah. I really should. I really should not put my head in the sand, but it's like, I am so incredibly right brained that it, I can't, it hurts my head too much to figure it out. Navigation makes me so sad because I love maps so much. Yeah. That's my husband as well. Uh, Loves maps and, Maps are fascinating, and I really like to look at old maps just to look at for the aesthetics, yes. not mm-hmm. because I understand where anything is. But Right. <laughs> Fair enough. The aesthetic of it all is what I, what I prefer. So what is your favorite cryptid <clears throat> if you had to have one? That's, you know, honestly, I believe my favorite cryptid is from Alaska, and... It's called the Kushtaka. It's um, it's basically like a um, okay. So it's it comes from the legend of the Tlingit tribe, okay. um, and it what they describe it as is basically like, well, Kushtaka in their language literally means otter man. Oh yeah, okay, I know yeah. what you're talking about. And it's sort of like. I don't know. To me, it reads like Sasquatch meets a skinwalker. Okay. Because it also has 
it supposedly has the ability to mimic the voice or even sometimes the appearance of people to like to trap its victim to lure it to the water oh yeah and it's it's pretty dark but i tend to be drawn to cryptids that are that are are sort of pulled from native native legends Mm -hmm. um Everything I end up like falling down the rabbit hole on seems to be Alaska or in the Southwest or Mesoamerican or, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, I always struggle with classifying Wendigo or Skinwalker as a cryptid because I think those are more in the spiritual realm. Yeah, I would agree with that. It is um, fascinating to me. There's this there's this caller on I can't remember what season or episode, but his name's Alan, and he had the guy running. He lives in. We are uh, Facebook friends now, but he lives in one of the I don't know. It wouldn't <laughs> be the Mountain West states, but like where yeah. it's warmer. So I would say maybe okay. Arizona or New Mexico, the Southwest, gotcha. and. He had that guy running next to him. Like oh, the painted man running. I next think to I him know the was... story you're talking about. I think yeah. I heard that. Yeah. yeah, it was it was a fairly early episode, but um, mm-hmm. he like that to me is fascinating. And, and the other thing I I really respect and uh is those cultures and their refusal to talk about those things because. Yes. And I, there is another um, constant person on the social media and she listens and I'm not going to use her name because I don't want to jinx her, but her family had an encounter with a skinwalker and they are not native, but wherever they lived and if her and her siblings talk about it, it shows up again in their lives and they don't live in the same state. That's terrifying. Oh God. And just listening to her, we've had... um, I've read tarot for her and um, we've just kind of conversed on social media and she's like, oh yeah, I don't even want to talk about it because I will, something will happen and I'll be like, okay, which one of you talked about it, you know, to her siblings, (laughs) because it literally, it comes back. And that to me is, that is pretty powerful in itself. And I like that folklore is usually a cautionary tell to tell your kids to behave yeah or you know to stay in after dark but but it it originates from somewhere that's what's most fascinating to me yeah so when you talk about the otter man like how did you first hear about that honestly i first heard about that searching for topics for the show okay just like scouring native legends Mm -hmm. and um, the stories are they're scary (laughs) I I tend to like my my cryptids scary Mm -hmm. right I know a lot of people like it's a big trend to like make like fluffy little cute mothman and stuff Mm -hmm. like that but like I I like them scary Um, and the kashtaka is scary it's the stories are yeah they freak me out i think that's why i like them so much because it's like mm-hmm. it genuinely scares me yeah that that is scary i um you know i started reading tarot when i was about seven or eight my grandma bought me my first deck and she kind of taught me that and then i also read a book and i think and i think my friend John, he's one of our mods, found a copy of it, but it's so it's out of print, and it was called like Gooselop Legends, and I read okay. it all the time when I was a little kid, because I would just read to escape. That was my way to deal with other people's energy. Was if I just read, yeah, and fell into a book, people would leave me alone. They wouldn't talk to me. It was like a shield. And right. I would read this book all the time and it and it had a story about the Wendigo. Okay. And I remember and I just remember reading that over and over again. And then um, you know, I think 
I'm more attracted to the Skinwalker just for, I don't know why, but, um, like, I love them both and I love the lore behind both, but they're both terrifying. I never want to encounter anything yeah, like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're, if you, if you call them cryptids, which I agree with you that they're probably more spiritual. Yeah. I've, they're two of my favorites also. They're so unsettling. Just the whole concept behind them. Yeah, it is unsettling. Hey, did you see Antlers in the movie theater? I have not watched it yet. No. It was a good show. My da- I took my daughter to it, and yeah, we really enjoyed it. What I heard about it was if you're looking for like a Wendigo movie, it's probably not the best Wendigo like right, right. telling of the Wendigo, but if you're just looking for a really good time and you yeah. know, and it's that it's a really good movie. Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't be like, oh, this is a great depiction study of the on the Wendigo. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think there really is anything out there yeah, I that I know of. I don't um, think so either. Yeah, I mean, you think you have to just read a book. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? I think that's exactly it. And I also, um, I don't know that there's any truly like scary movies that have hit upon or documentaries that have hit upon. Yeah. Seth's, um, the beast road, the Bray Reese. I don't know. The, the beast of Bray road, but that's not what it's called. Like it's, it's different. Yeah. Like that was a really good documentary, but it doesn't yes. like it doesn't give us a lot of answers. And they never really do. But I think that's the beauty of it. It's kind of like Hellier, it's telling a story. Yeah. I I find those to be very relatable because I don't per, personally I'm not I'm not particularly interested in answers. Right. You know? Like I'm I think kind of just letting Letting these things stay mysterious and just appreciating the the majesty of them is that's what it's all about for me. Like I don't expect yeah. to solve any any problems. I don't expect to find the answers. You know. Well, and of course I want the Oak Island guys to find yeah. find their money because they have literally poured their life savings and then some. Yeah. But would they be satisfied if, you know, what would be next for them? Yeah. You know, what would be next for them? And I, yeah, I know. I do like, um, we had a booth next to Seth Breedlove and I really like Seth. Um, I really gave him instantly a hard time and was kind of like (laughs) picking on him instantly. And he took it with such great, uh, with such great stride that I really have a soft spot in my heart for him and his adorable family. And in fact, like one of his camera guys, I don't know what his name is. I just know he's the tattooed one. We scared the shit out of each other so bad (laughs) coming out of like our hotel rooms into these like creepy hallways at the Clarion convention center. Like we both jumped and it was one of those moments that in my brain, I went, Oh my God, I hope that somebody watches this on the security <laughs> camera because I'm sure it, we both caught air and um, yeah. like, it's one of those weird, like that's part of the problem with my empathic brain is I remember lots and lots of things that nobody else does. Yeah. And then when you're like, Oh yeah, Hey, I remember <clears throat> in third grade, you wore that yellow beanie and people yeah. are like, I had a yellow beanie. What? And they're yeah, because the people the people that you're talking to, they think like for me to remember something that small for that long, it would have to mean something to, like important to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. So then you kind of start getting weird looks like why would that be important enough to you to remember? Yeah. You know what I mean? You, why do you know that about me? Are you psycho? Yeah. yeah, probably a little bit, but it's just like those weird things are like quantified in my brain. And then it's like, oh, yeah, Eddie, don't say that out loud. Don't tell that person <laughs> that's what you remember because they're going to be like, oh. Yeah. Why do you know that? <laughs> I generally wrap up by asking 
What what do you believe the paranormal is? What do I believe the paranormal is? I believe I should say the Fortean, all okay. of it. Like love it. Yeah. I believe I believe it's Okay, so I'm not going to answer your question the way I should. I'm going sure. to answer it in parts. I believe that it's real and I believe that but I don't necessarily think everything is on the same plane that we are. Okay. And not that I have some great insight into different dimensions, but I there's just too many incidences and too many accounts and too many fables and folklores and tales and people's accounts for things not for it not to be real like is it a glitch in the matrix is it and i do believe like i don't remember what movie it was but it was a nicole kidman movie and you find out that the people that you're following are actually the ghosts they're not the humans they're not the live humans and like sometimes i wonder if that's the kind of stuff that's going on is that we're all existing it's just sometimes we cannot see um, right. I just think it's extra or it's it's out of the ordinary it's not and what is ordinary what is normal to you and me right and sometimes it just isn't um, okay it isn't uh, <laughs> what we would it isn't what what society's mores and norms have told us that they should be. You think there's more? There's just more there. Yeah, there's just more there. I think, and and I also do believe, like I I have a lot of background knowledge and a lot of um, education on brain science and how brains work, and I truly believe that little kids and the elderly, like dementia type patients can see more things than we can because we have told our brains that is not real right and you can base you can make yourself believe anything and experience things yeah absolutely that's a great answer yeah i will say the the creepiest thing my four-year-old said to me but he wasn't four he was two at the time he looked at me blinked twice and goes Mothman has red eyes and Bigfoot has brown eyes (laughs) what (laughs) how do you know this granted I don't really censor what's on in the background podcast wise or TV wise when my children are on but he also talks about creepy aliens and has night terrors and that literally sets me over the edge it makes me want to put him in my bed every night because I I can't, I do not deal well with the alien phenomena and that flips me out a little bit. Yeah. Well, next time I have you on, we should talk about aliens because <laughs> that's something we didn't talk about at all. No, I choose not to. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, okay, I would do it. I would do it for you. and. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, Thank you so much, Addie, for for coming on. Um, and please, please feel free to come back anytime. Yeah. Anytime. Just yeah, let us probably. Know. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week. And it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. And if you want more, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. It's there you will find bonus content behind the scenes. We're just keeping up on our day to day and maybe some swag along the way. It is our way to show thanks for your support and do everything we can to provide you with as much content as possible. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. With that said, we want to get to know each and every one of you. So please come and check us out on all the socials. 
at campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And lastly, we do have our merch store. You can find the link available on all of our social media or via our link tree. Show your support. Buy a shirt. Buy a sticker. Buy a blanket. Buy a pillow. Anything that you want to rep Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. And that's it. Until next time. I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers. Stay weird. And and trust trust in the unknown. unknown.